0: This is Jeff Cross, and welcome to the April eighteenth, two 2022 edition of Views on the News from the Couch, a baby boomer's attempt to pass along his views on the news. We start with a correction. In Friday's edition, I mistakenly said the Bush and Gore debates occurred in 2020. Nope. 2000. Apologies. Quick hitters. I checked on Sweden and Germany COVID-19 deaths per million. Sweden, 1824. Germany, 1609. I did this because Sweden was hailed as a disaster and Germany is an example of the competent way to handle the crisis. I know we are supposed to listen to the experts, but I suggest we do so with caution. Due to a COVID-19 outbreak in Shanghai, the government has imposed draconian lockdown measures. Rather than me summarizing, I suggest you do your own reading on this subject, subject. Easy to find online, scary. Moving on. Saturday I read, let's be honest, I glanced at, stories on Florida rejecting many math books due to the inclusion of CRT. Florida also objected to the Common Core math approach being included. A very high percentage of K-5 math books were rejected. Is Florida evil for doing this, or are the book publishers bad for putting CRT into K-5 through math books? Think about it. I'll wait. Here is my answer. Who the hell knows? I tried to find examples of the objectionable material and could not. None of the articles had examples. Maybe Florida cannot release examples because they are copyrighted. Maybe Florida won't because they are trivial. Maybe the news won't include examples because the examples would support the state of Florida. Regardless, how can one have an intelligent discussion on this subject unless we see examples? I'm not going to trust a hard right-winger that says the books are bad, and I'm absolutely not trusting a hard left to fund the policer's opinion. So for now, on the Florida CRT math K-5 textbook issue, I'll keep my powder dry. I said today I would discuss my thoughts on Ukraine. I have been putting it off and was going to keep putting it off until I walked into Easter, din- Easter dinner and the host's first comment was, Still waiting on your thoughts on Ukraine. Three opening comments are, 1. Be careful about listening to me and also be careful about listening to others. Two, this is hard stuff. No easy answers. Three, I'm leaving out implications for China and India, which are keys to the world puzzle. Just too much for one day. Let's start the discussion of Ukraine with math, which applies to Ukraine, but also to other political problems that we ask our leaders to solve. We've all had math classes where we are given an equation and told to solve for X. We can do that. Maybe we are given three variables and three equations and told to solve for x. Yep, you can solve for x. Maybe we are given three variables and two equations. I'm pretty sure you can solve for x, but rather than one answer, x will be a series of answers depending on what the other variables assume to be. But sometimes we have more equations than variables. Four equations and three b- variables. The problem is over-constrained. In that case, it's unsolvable. My. Comments on math I feel apply to the current situation in Ukraine. I don't think there's a right answer. Certainly not a good answer. The best we can hope to come up with is the least bad answer. On the past situation in Ukraine, I offer the following wish we would have. 1. Wish we all would have said no NATO for Ukraine. We should have said no need since the U.S. and U.K. already guaranteed to defend Ukraine in the 1994 Budapest Memorandum where Ukraine agreed to give the Soviet-era nuclear weapons to Russia. Two, wish we would have continued to supply lethal aid during the first year of the Biden administration. Three, wish we would have not looked incompetent in our Afghanistan exit. But it is what it is. Now, what are the possible outcome scenarios? One, Russia runs for the hills and or Ukraine kicks Russia's ass out of Ukraine. Not likely. Putin is removed via a coup. Increasing in possibility, but the next person or group might actually be worse. Or things might be unsettled and with a number of nukes around, that would not be good. I say this is increasing in possibility because as Putin purges key persons... Those that remain may start to feel they are better off trying a coup than waiting to be purged. Three, we negotiate an exit plan. I sure would like that, but who can trust Putin and can Zelensky give up part of Ukraine? Joining NATO is now off the table and should have been already. Negotiating an exit plan seems like the preferred option, though everyone would have to hold their nose because the terms would likely smell like taking sanctions off. Four, Putin hunkers down in the east and southeast. He consolidates and resupplies while some fighting continues. In a year or two, Putin-Russia again attacks. Putin hunkering down in the east and southeast is probably the most likely possibility. And Putin will get angrier and angrier about the West supplying lethal and non-lethal aid to Ukraine. Do we have the stomach to stand up to Putin as he shows a shaky finger on the nuclear trigger? Can we maintain sanctions as they start to hurt the West with higher food and oil prices and Europe is faced with the consequences of their reliance on natural gas and oil from Russia? Five, Putin runs all over Ukraine. I doubt it. I feel two, three, and four seem the most likely, with one being unrealistic and five being unlikely. I heard commentator Mark Thiessen say, We should not worry about Putin and nuclear weapons because Putin is not stupid and knows his own country would be devastating. I hesitatingly say I think Mark is right. Partly because if you don't have that approach, Putin rush after taking Ukraine could say, This year I want Hungary. Next year I want the eastern half of Poland. Supporting Mark's comments, today I read that Andrei, Kozyarew A former Russian foreign minister said Putin would use nuclear weapons if NATO troops were approaching Moscow. I suggest we not do that. Moving forward with this task, I mistakenly assigned myself, I am thinking of a scene in the movie Love Actually. Billy Bob Thornton plays the US president and Hugh Grant, the UK prime minister. Thornton has been a bully in the meetings and then is overly flirtatious and makes objectionable comments about the maid that Grant likes. In a press conference where Grant was supposed to play second fiddle to Thornton, Grant gets fed up and says it's time for the UK to stand up to the US. Great scene. I'm thinking Biden needs to have a similar speech press conference. I will attempt to do just that as Joe Biden, though I wish I had Aaron Sorkin or Peggy Noonan cleaning up my language and making it sore. Wallow is more my style. Hello. As the President of the United States, I have some comments to make on Ukraine. This is the 21st century, and what is going on in Ukraine is unacceptable. A sovereign country attacked for wanting to be a sovereign country. Atrocities are being committed by the Russian troops, and millions of folks around the world will suffer. I will have more to say on Ukraine, but first, let's talk about Russia. A large, proud country with a fascinating history. Western European history cannot be told without including Russian history. The Russian people threw off the yoke of the czars and opted for communism, at the time a tempting ideology, a paradise for the workers and an end to suffering for the benefit of the wealthy. With time, the Russian people learned that communism does not offer riches for all. Instead, it offers poverty for most. During the last 30 years, Russia has toyed with capitalism and with democracy, but those are slipping. For 20 years, the West has tried to work with Vladimir Putin, Russia's leader. We have offered second chances. In 2009, we symbolically gave a reset button. We even worked with Russia after the invasion of Georgia, after the annexation of Crimea, etc. But the constant aggression is getting old. It is not good for the world, but it is also not good for the Russian people. We love the Russian people and want to welcome them into the world community. But because of the invasion of Ukraine, we find ourselves having to impose ever-worsening sanctions on Russia. And you know what? They are only going to get worse. Let's specifically get back to Ukraine. I did not give lethal aid during most of my first year in office because I did not want it to be perceived as a threat to Russia. We have not allowed the Poles to send MiGs to Ukraine for the same reason. I could go on. But I won't. Because I'm tired of Russia and Putin thinking they can bitch slap us. I did not let Corn Pop bitch slap me when I was young. Look that one up. And I won't let Russia do it now. We want to work with Russia and the Russian people, but we will not be bullied. Let me tell you what is going to happen going forward. One, for now... And I emphasize for now, no U.S. troops on Ukrainian soil. I say for now because in the 1994 Budapest Memorandum, the U.K., Russia, and the U.S. pledged to recognize and defend Ukraine territory in return for Ukraine giving up the nuclear missiles it held. We are obligated to defend Ukraine. And by that agreement, Russia is obligated to get the hell out of Ukraine. Also, the Ukrainian soldiers and non-soldiers are doing one hell of a job. Let's give a shout-out to the Ukrainian people. Two, we will increase lethal and non-lethal aid so the Ukrainians can defend their own country. Three, let's get those MiGs moving to Ukraine. Four, sanctions will stay in place and more are coming. Five, we will work with Europe to get Europe off the Russian fossil fuel addiction. The sooner Russia ends the invasion of Ukraine, the less further along we will be in that process. We have tried to show respect for Russia and have behaved in a cautious manner. Russia interpreted that as weakness. Hear me clearly. We stand with Ukraine. Putin, stop the aggression in Ukraine and we will work with you again. Continue as you are and your future is bleak. Back to Jeff Cross, rather than me speaking for Joe Biden. You probably disagree with some or much of what I said. Hell, in a few days, I may disagree with some or much of it. Russia has baby nukes. Nukes much smaller than the ones dropped on Japan. I think one-tenth the size and maybe down to one one one-hundredth the size. How would we respond if Russia exploded a few baby nukes? I admittedly have nothing. I will end the way I started. Some problems are over-constrained and insolvable this may be one. Still, we have to have a position and I told you mine. Doing so does not make me feel all-knowing. Rather, it reminds me to have empathy for our leaders because there is no easy choice and any path they pick may not work out. Thanks for listening to Views on the News from the Couch. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends. If you did not like it, please share with the rest of the folks you know.